Welcome to Postscript World on Fire Season 2. Welcome back. It's uh, Episode 3. I'm Fred Vigian, along with Matt Wilson. Hey, Matt. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm doing well. We are uh, approaching the halfway point, six episodes in the program. And yep. I, I do want to mention support for Postscript comes from uh, Rogers & Associates. More information is available at rogers-associates.com. And uh, as as has been tradition, we've we've gone through uh, all seven episodes of the first season, and now on, on episode three of this season, there is no title. No to title the episode, so unless all, we choose one. Unless we, we choose, we have one. that right. Yes. yes. Do so you want to name that title or name that episode? Do you want me to do it? Sure. Or do you want go to for do? it. Well, I put down uh, in all capital letters, creepy, creepy. <laughs> that was uh, what, uh, and that's not amazing because really. that word came to my mind about twelve times watching this episode. Yeah, absolutely whole, creepy. The whole, uh, the whole storyline for the marga uh, line yeah, yeah. Mar- is it marga or goethe did i get goethe was the other friend oh that goodness. she got uh in trouble that she framed marga is the the i am watching the show okay, uh, no, no worries there's a I, lot I just, of people we just that, had it all right. screwed up so anyways uh Mar- marga marga see and then i think of my sister margot marga um uh, yeah, it's just a uh, uh, very um, dehumanizing yeah. uh, pro- process. I mean, like when when they approach this, I don't know what this is—a school or something. Um, <sighs> well, they're learning things, but it's not. Yeah, not not, not textbook. Not uh, I mean, well, there was a textbook handed to uh, Marga. There I was. guess that uh, she's like, "What? What am I expected to do?" Yikes! Um, and. But uh, when when they get there, uh, they're you know they talk about like you don't have a name anymore, you don't have a family anymore, uh, you don't have a past anymore. Uh, the future is yours, which you know the future sounds uplifting. But uh, I mean, it's you're part of a, you're a cog in this in this machine at this point. Yeah, um, this episode was the first that I've noticed at least had a mature content warning at the start. I noticed uh, that too. I maybe actually... maybe I missed one before, but I, <laughs> I, I saw this one. <laughs> So we're 10 episodes into this series. Now, to be frank, none of these episodes would be great for kids to watch. They've all been no. rough in different ways. But um, I, I have to say I sort of was primed to expect a little bit worse in this episode, despite how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Not a good episode, by me. I mean, not a easy-to-watch episode, let me say, as far as good versus bad, not meaning it was a bad episode, um, because that warning showed up. Um, and I kind of thought that might be the the storyline of why, because mm. we knew it was sort of building to, to this experience. I just figured there was extra blood and guts. Maybe, yeah. So so despite that that comment of mine about this could have been a lot worse, it was still very bad. Yes. <laughs> um, still very bad. And I, a couple of thoughts on this. One, absolutely creepy. Um, the whole program, the environment, the facility, the the fact that all, I mean, we knew this, but all the kids run around were blonde. You know, it was, it was that Aryan ideal. Like, it, it just wa- wa- don't watch it again. Don't do and, that. But it, uh, well, right. And they, it, it, they convey this innocence, right? right? You know, like, like uh, when, when she's signing the contract, contract, well, OU, whatever, <laughs> um, she starts to draw a little flower in her signature. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, that reminded me that she is still a girl. Yeah. I don't want to call it a contract that implies the okay. ability to sign yourself into a contractual obligation. That's and these true. are kids, right? I mean, German law, obviously very different than the contractual law in the United States. There, the, the word consensual kept coming into my head and, and recognizing that that was in no way the, the, the situation. Right. At this point, if she pushed back, it uh, – right. 
she'd be going the way of her her friend right. Goethe yeah. uh, or, or or her teacher. Or yeah, whatever. we don't know Marga's exact age, high school age, certainly um, young, too young. Yeah, um, you you pointed out the the little doodling on the sheet, and the doctor ripped the paper away. Says, Just sign it, you know that kind of thing. Um, she has no idea what she's in for. Uh, the whole thing just creepy is a great word. Creepy. Creepy is a great word. Um, and this this creepy German dude, as I wrote down on my paper, because I, I never caught a name for him. I don't know that it matters. He meets up with her and tries to impress her with his credentials and accolades of, of in the war or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just to add the flimsiest pretense, he asks her for permission. He says, are you spoken for yet? Which is... A terrible phrase also. And then, do you accept me as your partner? Again, it, it's, <laughs> it's a dance. She say? Yeah. Right, yeah. She yeah. has no choice here. She, I'm sure she was told she has no choice. Yeah. She did kind of have eyes for another younger boy maybe, but he, at the moment of decision, he seemed to be preoccupied with a different girl. He checked her out earlier in mm-hmm. the episode. And the creepy uh, dude stepped in. weird. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, yeah. and then when they're in the, I don't know, cafeteria or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of steps up to the, the table. Yep. Um, I don't even want to talk about the night in question. It was it was difficult to watch. It was supposed to be. Um, they did a, a, a interesting little production trick with time sort of slowing. There was a metronome or something that kind of just just kind of illustrating to us that everything just kind of broke down and froze in her mind. Yep. Um, and then thankfully it was over and it was it was afterward i guess and he's leaving and she's in tears alone in bed but does somehow manage to say good night to him and then the kicker was the next morning <laughs> um they just have breakfast and the way she watches him eat the steak and eggs yeah the steak and eggs really had uh, and i'm gonna go to a lord of the rings reference here a lord denethor sort of vibe Okay. Um, people that are familiar with the movie, at least, will will picture the scene in uh, Return of the King, where uh, this steward of Gondor, or whatever, it, it's supposed to make it's supposed to make him a disgusting figure, and they zoom in on him while he's eating some breakfast, basically, right, and there's just food everywhere, lots of noise, and it's just it's supposed to gross you out a little bit. And I, I think what we get out of this is that as Marga is taking all of this in, maybe she's starting to recognize how foul this experiences how foul the program is there were certain moments throughout the episode where you can see a little bit of hesitation but but then she'd be like no i'm all in i'm 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 in on this yeah convincing herself or re sort of committing to it but uh, again not in a condition to make this choice for herself too much family pressure too much school indoctrination they they programmed her to to do this um she yeah so let's talk about uh, Cassia. And... Yeah, the other, I think, primary storyline here. Yeah. There's one more after this, which I think was my favorite storyline. But Cassia was really fascinating in this. So she and James have a kind of a meet each other moment, so yeah. to speak. She pulls she, a gun on him, which well, is his gun. Correct. Um, his gun. And she had, you could tell, I think they, they showed this in the previous episode. She had some suspicions about him and we didn't really know that much about him right uh we at, at this time a week we ago had some we, suspicions right we were like well i guess we'll find out in the next episode right and so here we are yeah they set him up to be a little bit mysterious we know that he's placed in this house via some sort of program that allowed or allowed um 
encouraged slash maybe forced, not sure, civilians to host military figures uh, throughout England as part of the war effort. We weren't quite sure what his deal was or what he was doing. Cassius sniffs around, finds his weapon in his bags and some faked paperwork with yeah. maybe some aliases or, or you know, something spy like names, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, so she challenges him on it, um, that sort of distrust, but also I think her senses are a little bit tuned maybe from her experience in, in Warsaw and such. Um, but it's really interesting. She first asks him for the kind of help she wants, which is a ticket back home to continue the fight. Mm-hmm. And he just says, I, I don't think I can do that. My skills, my gifts, I think he uses the word, my contacts, I can't get you back to Warsaw. But what was cool is then he pulls out a different offer. It's a basically a job offer. Yeah. Um, join us as a counterintelligence agent. Help me find spies here in England. I like this. I like this development. Yeah, she jumps on it immediately. Yeah, I like this because uh, she just seems to have been in a rut since the season yeah. has started. Yeah, she's um, routine. Well, yeah, and and even in this episode and before, she's routinely offered the path of motherhood. Yeah, she and doesn't she that. doesn't want anything to do with it um, for two reasons. One is it's Harry's. It's not her kid. It's not her kid. It's her husband's kid to a, a different, you know, an old girlfriend. But two is she's just not. She's not built for yeah. it. She's trained and, and developed into a fighter and I think she still sees her mm-hmm. interest in, in that regard. So yeah, I really like this too. I, I, I was happy for Cassie. I think this might give her a, a, a purpose again and seeing that connection now with James where it may be a little less stressful and suspicious and they may start to work together which might help in the in the house as well. Yeah, yeah it seems to be just a lot of stress with a crying baby. And- right. Just a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Even the the housekeeper Joyce was ready to throw the yeah, <laughs> towel. Like, yeah, done with this, and of yeah. course, James uh, yeah, or Elias uh, right. um, helps diffuse the situation yeah. as he has done a few times yeah, in yeah. his short uh, time with us. Yeah, and there. I think that's to, to help us see his skills in manipulation and, and conversation and diplomacy. Can absolutely understand that he would be good at what his real job is probably. Um, so the third major storyline here is in the desert. And I really like this this plot line. Um, and I think out of this, I would pull a quote that would be my vote for uh, title of this episode. And it's from Rajib. And it's uh, simply, the value of a life is the value of a life is the value of a life. And think back through the entire show so far. Um, it, it might be the theme of World on Fire. They're okay. showing us, you know, in the face of fascism and discrimination and and all of the violence and, and, and rage that comes with that. We've seen signs of people that are considered by some societies to have no value. Um, young girls with illnesses, Jewish folks, uh, Polish folks, um, Albert and crew, every life, the value of a life is even if it is a soldier in the army that's trying to kill you. Now, and I'll take that a step further. Do you think that that comes back, that theme comes back at the end of the episode? Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, and you see this, you see you see from Rajib's perspective, and it takes, like, we, we get to maybe inhabit um, Stan's perspective at some times, or perhaps we're, we're the ones learning along with Stan. Um, because as they kind of experience the uh, kind of prisoner soldier of the German, he escapes and Rajib, convince the stand to go back and save them, putting their own lives at jeopardy. And then they finally, the three of them, stagger their way to that sort of border, border post or whatever it is, yeah. right? Um, 
the British soldiers that are there immediately help the two white guys, yep. even not knowing one is a German prisoner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Stan just starts screaming at them to, you know, help, help him Rajib. to, help Rajib to. Who is a British officer? Uh, officer uh, or right, right? Yeah, right. Um, this, but just judged by his skin to mm-hmm. be less important. Yeah, by, by people that should have been on the same side and understanding of it. Yeah. So despite 10 episodes, it were reminded we still have a long way to go Absolutely. toward that that vision of a value of a life is a value of a life is a value of a life. Rajib had another great quote about the prisoner, said, you know, he's just a boy. Um, letting him live won't change the war at all. Right. right? It's one person. He's not gonna it's not gonna make any difference in the in the global scheme of things, but it will make a big difference in his life. Um just a, a neat character. Yeah, um, he, you know, he's uh, I'm glad they introduced him yep. this season. Uh, it's it, he's been a, a a great addition, and hopefully, hopefully, he survives the, the circumstance. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're so. in good hands. Yeah, we're correct. He didn't look like in great shape at the end, but they they were in assumedly good hands with the the Allied troops, and uh, we'll get some care and some water and food and get back into things. Hopefully, so yeah. So what's been interesting is Harry and Lois kind of took a back seat in this episode. They did, uh, although they reunited for, what, the 14th time of this season. So, <laughs> so we're not always right with our predictions, but like, this one felt pretty easy. You know, we heard yeah. she was going to Cairo and then... Uh, right, you know. so there was a loud eye roll. Okay, these yeah. two are going to bump yeah, right. into each yeah, other. Of course so, they do. You know, Harry's injury that he's been trying to ignore kind of caught up with him. Right. And But I, what I will say is uh, I like this reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a lot more um, sentimental... Um, I think they, they, they were. I think in a, I mean, there's tension everywhere. Right. But they, there was. Um, I don't know. They, they both were just in a position to actually talk, you know, uh, person to person, you know, human to human, and just like, here's what I'm feeling. Here's how I feel. Here's how I hope we can move forward together, or you know, in whatever fashion. It just seemed. It seemed better than just the, the just the awkward, just blah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both are in a state now where they've escaped some of the worst of their scenarios. Yeah. Um, Harry, of course, because he yes, he's wounded and and maybe still badly wounded, but at least receiving care out of the front lines for a while. And, and Lois, I think the same description applies. I would agree. She even says she was wounded. Um, you know, suicidal, as we talked about last episode, mm-hmm. was horrified that she might damage their daughter. Um, and Cassie was the one that convinced Lois that she just needed to get out of that scenario. And Lois shares with him that um, while she's not fully recovered by any means, she wasn't quite in that dark place as she was. Yeah, Wasn't suicidal anymore. Felt like she had a little bit of a mission to be there helping, you know. Um, and just kind of took it as a step toward her own version of recovery, um, but really did resist any pity or over sympathy from Harry. Uh, she she even uh, goes to a point where um, where he starts to talk about how he he continues to want to fight for her and such. Um, right. She waves him off, and she she says, "You know, this is our war as much as it's yours." Find your own reason to fight, Harry. Just don't do it for me. Right. Um, so I do think she still has that independent sort of. You know, I don't. I don't see these two ending up together down no. the road. You know, I don't think life's going to be that simple. But um, at, still, it just has that fire of wanting to chart her own path. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I almost don't feel like Harry's going to end up with anyone <laughs> by the end of the series. Right. I mean, I think, uh, uh, and I don't. Uh, I, you know, it's Harry's fault. 
Yeah, well, it I mean, doesn't feel like a show where there's going to be a happily ever after for no, anybody. But I mean, I, I mean, I think at this point, we, you know, who knows what the next three episodes hold for mm-hmm. us. But um, it seems like Cassia will find her her you know what makes sense for her um, in fi- you know helping having having uh, the ability to have purpose. Uh, kind of like she recommended Lois do. I mean, I, and I feel like that will include their own kind of solo life or just life, you know, that they don't need to be codependent. Right. Um, and yeah, Harry, I, I, you know, I think we've seen throughout the series, not just the season, just moments where you can see in his head, he's just thinking, um, you know, is he thinking about, you know, is he thinking about Cassia? Is he thinking about Lois, depending on the circumstance? I think that just has completely clouded his mind. And so Lois saying that it's, you know, you have your war to fight. You know, you need to make sense of all these circumstances you've you've brought upon yourself let alone the war that's right. happening all around us yeah i mean cassia is certainly seeing a path forward with throne more or lois now in a place where she may be stable harry just needs to focus on himself and get himself through this war and then yeah figure out what happens after that so um two remaining i won't call minor storylines but they, they show up so we still have luke and albert and their sort of escape plan um, the interesting thing here, one is, I have no particular issue with Luke, but it's it's tougher to get attached. He's a new character. He just showed up. We do know he's Henrietta's brother, a student somewhere in, in France there. Um, gets caught up and imprisoned. Um, just since he kind of came out of nowhere, it's not a longer character we have a, a long relationship with. Um, and Albert's decision to not yeah, go with him. bails on him. Yeah. So this was right after a conversation about recognizing that the memories of what he had before the invasion are are gone, right? Um, He confesses to be a romantic during a flashback of time with Webster Mm -hmm. and the jazz club. But as he says, I'm not stupid. I know those things are gone. Right. It's not like he can escape and he'll find all that again. Right. Not right now. Um, And I wonder if that fed into his decision. Like, I, I think he never saw escape as being a real path forward especially well, i think it's because of the color of his skin and how he will stand out so right and, and, and i mean that goes back to conversations he had with webster last season where it just you know don't right i'm i'm okay right now i mean right. it's that you know who wants to be in prison but um he's in a place he's out of a war zone at the moment no one's shooting anyone uh you know i mean as long as you keep your head down and do as you're told and I mean, he's got a bed to sleep on. He's being fed. I mean, yep. I mean, I've, I feel like the strategy he's 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 uh, using is waiting things out. Ride it out. Uh, yeah. You think I can ride this out? If if everything stays like this, then this is not a bad place to be right now. Yep. Uh, it could be worse if if he tries to escape. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's it's probably that simple. Just kind of lost hope and decided it's it's easier just to see where this goes, yeah. so to speak. Um, Webster is still missing. It doesn't quite show up in this episode. We probably won't see him this season just for practical reasons. Henrietta is interesting, uh, though, in this episode. Her sort of continued involvement in the escape plan, her uh, trickery with uh, mixing in some morphine and making up a reason for uh, an excuse, in essence, to trade it for some other antibiotics to a hospital to get the Nazis off her back. But eventually they do sniff it out. They go looking for her and she sneaks out and apparently the back. And she gets out, yeah. And we don't know where she ends up. Uh, probably in France somewhere. We see her hopping out of a car uh, into what seems to be a familiar face or a safe place. And mm-hmm. she's probably part of some 
Uh, she's not come back to the hospital. No. So probably part no. of some resistance there in, in upstate France. And that's, I think, unfortunately, <laughs> predicting through the last storyline of our pilot friend David, who just flies around and gets shot down in this episode. In France, right? In France. Yeah. He is wounded on the ground somewhere in France mm. in need of some medical help. And Henrietta is yeah, out, she's there out there somewhere. So uh, <laughs> cheap, you know, all predictions true or your money back, folks. But um seems like that's a fairly safe assumption that those two might cross paths at some point. Um, who knows? Still no bird this season. No bird. You know, and I was um, thinking about that <clears throat> watching the uh, the opening sequence. Yeah. There's, the bird in the bird cage isn't even there. Yeah, it's all it's burned off. Yeah. Cut. So. No, no room in the budget for the bird. Um, I miss Lois's singing. I miss kind of working yeah. through the connections of the songs. Uh, trivia, though, there is a Wilhelm scream in this episode. Oh, okay. Yes. Where? When? Uh, when the uh, when uh, a Nazi jeep blows up or something, they're they're working on an escape. They, when they hijack the jeep and they, there there's some minor explosion at some point. I'll have to go back. And yeah, I, right. I'm trying to remember exactly, but I, I noted it because it's a it's a trope, and you know, as you know, of course. Sure. Bonus points if you found it. (laughs) Uh, Bonus points for hanging out with us, too. Thank you so much. Uh, We're halfway through season two. Three more to go. Um, Stay with us. We'll work through them just like we have all of season one. Um, You can find these of all places, of all the usual places, um, all your favorite podcast apps, and also on the WTF website. Uh, In addition to listening, you can watch us if for whatever reason you want to. Visit the WTF Mosaic YouTube channel for all of PostScript, not just World on Fire. You will see Miss Scarlet and Duke. Go back into history for Tom Jones or uh, Marie Antoinette. And, of course, All Creatures Great and Small. Um, If you want to join in with us, we would be happy to answer your questions, uh, respond to you on comments via the YouTube videos. Um, you can email postscript at WITF.org. We'll be happy again to take those questions, bring them into the show here. Uh, give a good thank you again to Rogers Associates for uh, their support of this show. Also, thank you to Amy Beeler and uh, John Ferris uh, for all 100%. the work behind the scenes, yep. make, making us sound and look good. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Especially that last part. I spend lots of hours doing uh, that. Countless. Countless hours. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back for episode four. See you later.